The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. It's listeners like you in 181 different countries that have made Negotiate Anything the most popular negotiation and conflict resolution podcast in the world. I'm your host, Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer, mediator, professor, and the director of the American Negotiation Institute. Before we get started, I have two quick questions for you. Is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure that we have this interview going after a few mishaps and stumbles. It's, It's wonderful to be here. It is great to have you, my friend. Thank you for your patience. Um, so how about you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So my name is Paul Ross. I am on a passionate mission to show already successful entrepreneurs, business leaders, speakers, professional salespeople how to dramatically up-level their results through leveraging the power of subconscious communication. I am a master hypnotist watch out everyone, an author, sales trainer, speaker, and I am a fanatical lover of cats. I am an allurophile. Both of my fur babies are trying to break down the door to get in here. They like to be on this broadcast, but sometimes they accidentally disconnect or get in the way of the camera. And so they're locked out and trying to get in. That is fantastic. And you have a new book. Can you tell the listeners about that too? My book and they can see, right? This is video as well as audio. Look how handsome I am here. This is my book, Subtle Words That Sell. And the subtitle is How to Get Your Prospects to Convince Themselves to Buy and Add Top Dollars to Your Bottom Line. Because I believe if your prospect, customer, client, whoever's on the other side of the negotiating table is not actively engaging their imagination on the subconscious level to convince themselves to buy you're doing too much work and you're leaving a lot of money on the table. I am lazy and I don't like leaving money on the table. (laughs) Now these are very unconventional stuff that, that you cannot get from off the shelf. It's unlike anything you've seen before because I come from outside the field of sales. This is something you don't know Kwame and am I pronouncing your name correct? Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Um, This comes from outside the field of sales because I'm going to spring this on you. It's not in my one sheet. I'm originally, my original career was a pickup and dating coach. I taught men how to pick up women and successfully date them. Now, if you want to think about a a negotiation and a sale, there's no bigger negotiation in a sale than getting a date. If you think about it and getting the other person to be attracted to you, think about that. You have to do your your prospect, your prospecting, you have to do your qualification, you have to establish rapport, do your sales presentation, do your clothes, and then um, handle objections and see if you can get repeat business. So originally, I came from that field. And I saw the correlation very early on. And I took a deep dive into how to use 
neurolinguistic programming and some hypnotic techniques to build it into a sales process. And that's how I actually got started from a completely different, wildly off the cuff way of looking at things. That's so fascinating. It it's really is an interesting approach. And the thing is, I you can see the similarities, persuasion, um, all of those things. They, they're going to be similarities in different fields. And then if you can take different approaches from different fields, it gives you a wider variety of tools to use in the business world. Yeah, and to fill in a little bit of the blank, what happened is around 2006, I started getting emails from students attached with attachments of pictures of their wives and families. And they said, thank you. I've met the woman of my dreams and blah, 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 blah. And I've started to use your stuff in sales and I'm getting tremendous results. I'm getting 50, 100, 300% improvement in my sales. You should come up with a course on this. And so I went into my language lab. I consider myself to be like the mad scientist of sales and language. And I began to come up with courses and each iteration, each repetition, I improved it and I improved it and I improved it until I came up with what I have today. Very interesting. And I think the tagline of your book is, um, is, a, is unique in and of itself. And you're talking about how you can get people to make the decision for themselves. How they, can you go a little bit deeper? Into I would what, love to. Yeah. So when I teach, I always want to get into the principles first, the concepts. I do have word-for-word -word things you can use, word-for-word mini scripts. I don't like long scripts. Many things that you can say. But the basic principle... And this is a wildly different way of looking at selling. To me, selling is about creating states of consciousness. Can I unpack that before before people screech on the brakes and say, okay, I'm turning, uh, uh, what is Paul's office rocker? Let me tell you what I mean by that. So when your prospect comes to you or your team is there, what states of mind do you want them in? Do you want them to be bored? Do you want them to be resentful? Do you want them to be somewhat interested? Do you want them to be scattered or do you want them focused, eager to listen, feeling like you're a leader they want to follow, wanting to see you win? And my crazy claim is through using the power of suggestion, you can create those states early on. But let me give you a metaphor when I mean what I mean about states of mind, states of consciousness. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's not a trick question. It's a real question. Let's say we want to conduct a current of electricity. We have a piece of gold foil and a piece of cardboard. Not a trick question. Which one's going to conduct the electricity? Um, gold foil. The gold foil. We know this instinctively, naturally, and from our experience. So consider your words, your message, whatever you're negotiating to be the electricity. But the state of mind of the person who's receiving it to be like that gold foil or the cardboard. How do you get them in those gold foil states of focus and believing in you, believing that they can make a good decision? Because there's two problems we're facing nowadays. And, and one thing I don't do is I don't come along with people I work with who are already high achievers. That's who I work with. I don't say to them, throw out your sales process. If you're doing something that's already working, you're the only kind of person I want to work with anyway. But what I'm saying is when you drop in these concepts and the use of subconscious language, you'll see a tremendous amount of improvement in your sales. But let's get back to these states. There's two big challenges you face that weren't there. The traditional sales 
techniques don't cover. Number one, your prospects, clients, audience cannot focus the way they used to. People, I heard a statistic yesterday listening to the radio. On average, Americans check their cell phones every day. How many times do you think they check? Oh, man, like 200 times? 96 times a day. <laughs> That's once every 10 minutes or something wow, like that. Wow. So people, I remember when YouTube first started, the ads were two minutes long and you couldn't click off. Now you you have 15 seconds, I think, to get people's attention. People are scattered. So even if they want to listen to you, they don't have the focus. They just don't have it. And the second thing is people nowadays, yes, you have to get people to know, like, and trust you. That's still true. But you don't have a lot of time to do it because they're unfocused. And second problem is people don't trust their own ability to make good decisions because they have too many options. So it leads to what we call decision fatigue. Do you understand? And second, a lot of our institutions, people's trust in government and big business and banks, et cetera, has deteriorated and probably for good reason. So nowadays you've got to establish focus. You've got to get them to trust you quickly because they don't have the focus. And you've got to get them to trust themselves to make a good decision. And my claim is the only way you can do that is through communicating with the subconscious mind. You can't do it through facts, data, reasons, and traditional sales techniques. If you do use traditional sales techniques, you're going to make the sales cycle much longer than it needs to be. Because what are we looking for ultimately as salespeople, leaders, whatever? We're looking to uh, close more deals, close bigger deals, and do them faster. And what I'm saying is traditional techniques. The other problem with traditional techniques is your competition is doing them. So your prospects probably heard them. And a tactic identified is a tactic disarmed. And your prospects are hip to them. No one minds actually. See, people say that traditional teachings are people don't like to be sold. I think people love to be sold. They don't like the perception that they're being sold. Hmm. Do you understand? And so these are the distinctions I make that, that I think will help people who choose to take me on do a lot better. Absolutely. And there's also, I also have other ideas that I think are unconventional, but let me get back to the main primary things I teach. You're never selling your product or service, Kwame. You're always selling decisions and good feelings about decisions. And nowadays the two challenges to having people make decisions are focus and that they don't trust their ability to make a good decision. You have to suggest that to them. Okay. Now let's go a bit deeper into that because I, I think the, um, that, that art of suggestion, um, it's almost like inception, like the movie, right? You want it to feel as though it's their idea. It's coming from them to a certain extent. So what, what does that look like? Practically speaking, does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable and we've done them all around the country. Negotiation and conflict resolution skills are beneficial across all professions, but they're especially useful in procurement, purchasing, sales, sourcing, and contract management. Our calendar is filling up quickly and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show.
Hey, I'm Michael Kovnat, host of the Next Big Idea Daily. The show is a masterclass in better living from some of the smartest writers around. Every morning, Monday through Friday, we'll serve up a quick 10-minute lesson on how to strengthen your relationships, supercharge your creativity, boost your productivity, and more. Follow the Next Big Idea Daily wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the LinkedIn Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, practically speaking... (laughs) well practically speaking it involves let me give you one more tool one more concept and i'll give you the tool whatever you can get a person to imagine for themselves will be perceived by themselves as being their own thought and therefore they won't resist it so a lot of this has to do with being vague so if i were giving a presentation I, i made instead of talking about myself or telling a joke or story or telling people specifically what they're going to learn. I'll get there. But first, I want to start with saying, before we begin this exploration together of the world of subconscious communication, I'm not sure all the points you'll stop and think to yourself, this is really fascinating. I got to learn more. But as that's taking place, I just want to please encourage you to share the questions that naturally arise when a great decision is being made. Now, Kwame, did I say anything specific? Mm -mm. No. No. It was all general. But I was also putting in suggestions. I said, I don't know all the places. When I say I don't know all the places, what does that imply? That you know a, a good amount or at least some of the places. That it implies that there's going to be many places. I didn't say it. I don't know all the places you'll stop and feel a growing fascination at what it is you're learning. I actually throw in that. I just throw in the suggestion embedded in what seems like a normal sentence. Do you understand? For them to feel a growing fascination. I just put it in there. Now, this may seem like it's wildly crazy, like it's gobbledygook, or, but it actually works. It actually works. So I'm getting, I'm creating those states of fascination. And then I said something else. I encourage you to share the questions. Did I say ask the questions? Hmm. What's the difference between sharing and asking? Sharing, and when I'm thinking about this, it sounds like if you're sharing something, you're doing it for the benefit of other people. If you're asking, it's more for the benefit of yourself. That's correct. And also, when you ask a question, it's something you're doing to someone. When you share a question, it's something you're doing with someone, which implies a relationship. Mm. It's what I call an implied relationship word. That's fascinating. Okay. This is really interesting. So it, so just recapping, you're in being intentionally vague 
but creating the mental state by, for example, in that example, you're talking about the growing sense of fascination. You're letting them know that there are more places, like different things to explore here. And then also saying, using the term share versus ask to create that feeling of collaboration. You're in it with me. And I'm assuming that the mystique the that you're creating by not being direct or precise by being intentionally vague that stimulates a little bit of focus because now they're curious and then by using the the share versus ask you're building a little bit of trust because you're wow. bringing them together you get this have you studied neurolinguistic programming before a wee bit <laughs> a lot bit and here's the thing traditional sales says always make the message clear i'm saying no no in the beginning make the message deliberately unclear. Now, no one teaches this. I would be willing to bet you probably had lots of guests. No one has said, nope, you, there's times in the sale where you have to be deliberately unclear. If you're unclear, and there's a difference between unclear and confusing, hmm. although sometimes it could be useful to confuse your prospect as well. Artfully being vague and art, knowing when to be artfully confusing if you're confusing at the right time, you can actually erase an objection. Okay. All right, Paul, you're going to, you're going to have to break that one down. That's, that's fascinating. Okay. So we have an idea in hypnosis called a pattern interrupt. People are meaning making machines. People think, act, respond, react in predictable patterns. When you break those patterns of expectation, the people become temporarily suggestible. For example, give me the, just say to me, I need more time to think it over. We've heard this one a million times. <laughs> yeah, say it. I need more time to think it over. Kwame, I understand. May I ask you a question? Have you ever taken a long time to think something over and it still turned out to be a bad decision? <laughs> yes. So I just got you to say yes. And I interrupted the whole, I just erased the objection. Then I'd follow it up with, maybe it's not about time but about the clarity you need to recognize you can feel good moving forward today. So now I've just reframed the whole thing about clarity and I dropped in a suggestion you can move forward today. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's funny. You're laughing, but here's the thing. When you do things my way, it not only is far more effective, but it's fun and funny. My, my clients routinely tell me, you know, Paul, the first few times I tried this, I was convinced it wouldn't work. And when it worked, I had to bite my cheeks to, to stop from laughing out loud. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's fascinating because I, I, when you think about it, again, we there are predictable patterns of uh, psychology that we all share. And um, what you're doing is you're tapping into those and building strategies around them. But the thing that's really important for everybody to know is that you're not doing it in a manipulative way. You're doing it because... Like uh, Shane, our head of sales here, he always says, uh, selling is helping, right? And if you believe in what you're doing, you're, you're helping them down the road. Well, yes, that's true. Selling is also about leadership. Mm. And if you can't suggest, you can't lead. If you can't lead, you can't be of service. And if you can't suggest, you can't lead fully because you're not engaging the unconscious mind of your prospect or subconscious. I use them interchangeably. Where's where, where is the, that's where decisions are really fundamentally made. Mm, makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. 
So what is it, if I can, mm -hmm. addressing your audience, what is it costing you by not using the power of suggestion? What is it costing you by not going to the real decision-making part of your prospect's brain in a precise, deliberate, concise way? Hmm. Hey, I mean, there's we're leaving a lot on the table. I think that's what we're finding. And you're not having fun. And I don't know if fun is a value that you have. I think fun and, and joy in doing what you do makes you do it better and makes you do more of it. Yeah. It leads you to doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And I, I know you've had the opportunity to work with some people in sales who are very experienced. And That's sometimes the uh, the experience uh, can be can almost backfire. Because if you take somebody who has been doing something for a long time, but doing it wrong for the long time, now now you have a, a bad habit that's harder to break. And so when you think about the people that you've worked with who have been doing sales for a long time, what are some of the things that they do that are wrong that your methodology helps to address? I don't think it's wrong. I think it's incomplete. I don't work with people who do things wrong. Uh, I, I mean no disrespect to people who who... Let me say this way. I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think it's incomplete what a lot of people are doing, and it needs to be updated and upgraded. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I don't think they're necessarily doing something wrong. A lot of them, a lot of people I work with, they want the next best thing. They're doing really well. Either they found that sweet spot, but they know they could go a lot further, or they're crushing it. But they're never, they want the next best thing that's going to make their best day seem like an okay day. Do you understand? And frankly, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them want to crush their competitors. They want to hear the bones of their competitors crushing and the weeping of their women and children. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you think about some of the things that you've taught people um, that were surprising to the people that you've worked with. What do you think about, what do you think are some of the most counterintuitive elements of your methodology? The idea that you should be unclear from time to time, the idea that, that you can interrupt patterns, the idea that the way in which you show up affects the sale 50%, but that doesn't mean you should show up enthusiastic and positive. The traditional teachings that you should be enthusiastic and positive can actually get in the way of being in the, of making the sale. Mm. Okay. Tell us more about that one. Sure. So I've seen so much, I, I don't want to swear on your show, so much bull blip. How's that? <laughs> that, that, say works. Bull blip? that works. <laughs> All right. I've seen so much bull blip, Kwame about you need to get yourself into a peak state and a peak positive state. Well, what if your prospect or the person on the other side of the negotiating table, your team, isn't necessarily in a peak state? It's all well and good to start a meeting with your team singing a song. I don't think that's well and good because to me, I think that's dumb. I would just go, oh, yeah, sure. I'll sing the song and get up and dance. Those states don't last. They're energy burning. They're not energy efficient. And if you're too enthusiastic, you're not starting where your person is. The person on the other side of the table is starting. So you can't move people from where they're not. You can only move them from where they are. That doesn't mean you could, 
you 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 should only be it serves you best not i don't believe in shoulds it serves you best to be just a little energetically a little more energetically enthusiastic a little bit more energetic state than the person who you're going to be leading because otherwise you're creating a huge gap another one that's a bad one is the idea that if you get kicked really hard you should just leap back up again in a positive state and i say no go to neutral first if you're really down don't try to jam the gears forward and step on the gas you want to take a minute to recenter and get into a neutral state where you're not negative you're not positive you're just neutral you're accepting what's going on you breathe into your body i have several techniques to do this you energetically realign and then you move forward it's too big of a gap to have a really rotten day and then leap into being positive. Just, it really, I'm just going to say for some people it works. For a lot of people, it, it just is too big of a stretch. It's interesting. Yeah. And so with that latter point, we're just talking not just in the sales prospect uh, process. We're talking about just in life in general. A lot of times we think about it black and white, um, but you can... It, it might not be realistic if you're feeling down to try to get all the way up. No, I've had, look, uh, let me be transparent. The last five days I've had to get up an hour early and do my meditation and affirmation and, and spiritual practice an hour earlier than normal. Cause I have a dear friend and mentor who's in critical condition on a ventilator with COVID. Now don't think that that's not affecting me. It's affecting me deeply. So I know in order to get into a, a neutral state, I need to do that. And then I can begin as I work to generate a more fluid flowing state. But I'm also having a lot of uh, compassionate witnesses and empathic witnesses to what I'm going through. I have a support team and other people and friends and family who are helping me deal with it because it's very difficult when a person you deeply love is in a place and you can't help them. There's no input you can do. There's nothing you can do and you don't know what's going to happen. And this is often part of life. You cannot separate sales from the rest of your life. Life happens. And if you don't know how to handle life in general, I don't claim to be able to handle life. I just have some tools and techniques that have helped me through some horrible times. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And before you go, um, I want to go back. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. <laughs> I, I, I want to make sure <laughs> we fit this into the time schedule. Of course, I want to keep talking. Uh, but I know some, I know I, we will. We will. And I think we uh, either people who are coming up on the uh, their commute pulling into the parking lot. And yeah, so, I get it. And so for the listeners, when you think about the tools that they can use to build trust rapidly, I want to end with a bang here, Paul. So when you think about the tools that you can use to build trust rapidly in a world where it is difficult to get people's attention, what would you say is the single most powerful tool that they can use in that situation? Yeah, I use what I, I, I suggest and imply a relationship with a couple of words. So instead of saying, before I present this marketing plan to you, I would say, before we explore our marketing plan together. So we implies a relationship. Explore implies a shared activity, a shared valuable activity. And for every exploration, there must be a leader and therefore there must be a follower. That's right. I'm implying it. We explore together are all words and imply a, a deep relationship of trust. So right away, 
in the unconscious mind, the unconscious mind says, oh, we have a bond of trust. Okay, I get it. That quickly. That's good. That That is really good, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, let the listeners know about the book and how they can get in touch with you. Well, um, I would say text the word COMPEL, C-O-M-P-E-L to 411-321. That's 411-321 to receive the power of invisible influence and other resources that will show you how to leverage the power of subconscious communication to radically up-level your sales results. Fantastic. Everybody, the link will be in the description below. Paul, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This is fun. I want to come on again, sir. Congratulations. You've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations. Keep learning, keep practicing, and keep getting better. Your relationships will improve, your career will soar, and you'll have the confidence you need to get the most out of these crucial conversations. Again, thank you for joining the team. We're excited to have you, and I will see you in the next episode. I'll catch you later.